Welcome to an inspiring message from Awaken City Church. For more information about us, visit awakencity.com.au. I had a message that I was going to preach, but I changed it this morning. So <laughs> this is, uh, I'm going to preach a different message this morning. I have no reason why, I don't know why. I got up at five in the morning and all of a sudden I just felt the incline to change the message. So here we go. I don't know this message. So you and me are going to find it out at the same time. <laughs> Praise the Lord. The book of, um, well, before I read, I just want, if you are here for the first time, you are sussing out a church, or you've been here before and you've come back again and you're not pretty sure, let me say something about our church. We believe in the word of God. We do not manipulate people here when we stand to preach. There's no manipulation in the word. I've seen people do gimmicks when they preach. Some people preach with snakes around their necks. They preach with all these other things. We don't do that stuff here. We only use the word of God. So if we, with that out of the way, let's go to the word. Praise the Lord. The book of uh, Exodus chapter 33. I'm going to read from verse 11. So the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. And he would, and, and he would return to the camp. But his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, did not depart from the tabernacle. You know, this is very interesting that God was speaking to Moses face to face. There was no mediator between God and Moses. Moses had access to God. He could speak to God face to face. This is a time that we live in. Because in those days, people only spoke to God through prophets, through teachers or seers. But Moses could speak to God face to face. And we live in such a time where we can speak to God ourselves face to face without a need of a high priest, without a need of somebody else speaking to God on our behalf. Because the danger of having other people speak to God on your behalf is when they turn around, you never know what message they'll come back with. Because some people on their way back will decide to manipulate you with what God has said. How many times have people preached and said, this is what God says, yet they are only trying to support their pocket. This happens a lot. So you have to be careful. You need to know that you have access on your own. You do not need anybody else. Yes, you can get other people to support you, but you as an individual has access to the heavenlies. You have access to God. You can speak to God face to face like a man speaks to his friend. How good is that? Now, verse 12 says, Then Moses said to the Lord, See, I... See, you say to me, bring up these people, but you have not let me know whom will you send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name, and I have found grace, in, and you have found grace in my sight. Now, therefore, I pray, if I have found grace in your sight, show me your way, and I may know that you are with that I have found grace in your sight, and consider this nation your people. And he said, My presence will go with you. Wow. I will give you rest. This is a powerful statement. My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest, which is what we really need rest. In your wars, in, your, in, in the place, in the things that you are fighting, rest is one, especially this time of the year. If you have had a hard or difficult year, God is saying, I will give you rest. Oh. 
It is better than a sleeping tablet. I promise you that. <laughs> then he said to him, If your presence does not go up with us, do not bring us here from here. And how will it be known that you, you, sorry, how would it be known that your people and I have found favor in your sight, except if you go with us? So we shall be separate, you, your people and I from the people of the face of the earth. So the Lord said to Moses, I will also do this thing that you have spoken, for you have found grace and favor in my sight. I know you by name. And he said, please show me your glory. I like this verse says, and he said, please show me your glory. Now, if we go back to verse 11, he says, God was speaking to Moses face to face like a friend, but he's still wanting more. Please show me your glory. The, 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 the problem today is we get a little bit of God and we, we get so excited, but there is more. Moses knew that there is more of God to be seen. Although I speak to God like a friend, we speak face to face, but he was still hungry for more. You know, a church that gets satisfied with where, where she is is a church that will never experience the magnitude of how glorious God is. Even as an individual, if you are satisfied to come and lift up your hands and sing one song and you go back home and you do it again next Sunday, you are missing up on a great deal. You need to know that there is always more of God to see. There's more of God to hear. One, one verse, one scripture is not enough. You need to seek out more of him because he is available to show you more and more of his glory. Even Moses knew that God knew him by name. He, he fashioned him. He created him. But yet he was not satisfied. He said, show me more of your glory. I need to see more of you. Praise God. Then he said, I will make all my goodness pass before you and I will claim the name of, I'll proclaim the name of the Lord before you. I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious and I will be compassionate to whom I will be compassionate. And he said, you cannot see my face for no man can see me and live. And the Lord says, and the Lord says, here is a place by me where you can stand on a rock. I love this one. There is a place by me where you can stand on a rock. He's saying no one can see my face and live because of the nature that we are. We are of a sinful nature. God is righteous. God is holy. But because of what we are, we cannot withstand the glory of God. We cannot stand before God and live because of what we are. But God is saying there is a place, there is a rock by me where I can cause you to stand. By my side, there is, when the Bible talks about a rock in the Old Testament, it's referring to Jesus. It says, Jesus is by me. I can cause you to stand on him. And if you read the next, the next verse, the next verse will say, and I just lost my, okay, there we go. Verse 21. And the Lord says, there's a place by me where you shall stand on the rock. So it shall be while my glory passes by that I will put you in the cleft of the rock and I will cover you with my hand while I pass by. And when I take my hand away, you shall see my hindsight or my backside and my face shall not be seen. Praise the Lord. Now, 
God is saying, when I pass by, I will hide you. I will hide you in the cleft of the rock. Now, if we had time, if only we had time to really exegete this verse, this is the, the wound that Jesus was stabbed on the side by the shoulder. He's saying, I will put you inside Jesus. I will put you inside the rock where when I go by, when, when I, what I will see is my son. What I will see is Jesus instead of your weaknesses. What I will see is not your past, but I will see the presence that you have in Jesus. What I will see is the glory of God in Jesus, not your weaknesses. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? So many times we judge ourselves and we think we cannot come before God because of our past mistakes and for sure because of where we have been, we cannot stand before God. But if we are in Jesus, if we come inside Jesus, we can see anything. We can come before God and God, when he looks at us, instead of seeing our sin, he sees his son. That is the glory of God. He sees his son. The, book, the, the Bible says in the book of Proverbs, chapter 25, verse 2, it says, it is the glory of God to conceal a matter. It is a God, it is the glory of God to hide a matter, to hide sin. It is the glory of God. But it is the glory of kings to search out a matter. But with God, God does not, God does not seek to expose you and embarrass you. But God seeks to protect you. Although you have, there are so many times I've said, even if it is your fault, just cry out, God help me. Praise God. Even if you have messed up, so, I have messed up so big many times, but I know I, when I cry out, I say, God, please help me. He shows up every time. I have, I have learned over these years with how stupid I am that when, when, when God fashions the day, he has already considered how stupid I am. He already knows when God orders the day in the morning, he has considered where I'm going to mess up. You know, when you read the messages that I write, I misspell stuff, but people read it the, the right way. The right way, I meant it anyway. You know, this is, this is how God works. God knows where we have been. God knows our weaknesses. He's moved with compassion. He knows who we are. The Bible refers to God. He says, I will bear you on my wings like an eagle. When you look at the bird, the eagle, the eagle is an amazing creature. It is a powerful preacher. It soars up high above the clouds, but it is so tender with its young ones. Wow. When, 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 it, when an eagle makes its nest, it will put it high up at a very high elevation where it takes twigs and makes this nest, but then it plucks its own feathers and puts it around the nest so that the young ones, the young one will not be pricked by, 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 the, by the twigs. But then the amazing thing about the ego is when the, when, when, when the baby is grown enough to leave the nest, do you know what it does? It will pluck out all those feathers and throw them out. Throw them out. Make the nest so uncomfortable. And the twigs, when it makes it the first time, the twigs are facing outside, but it will start turning the twigs inwards so that it pricks the little one to know that this you have been here for too long. It is time to leave the nest. So the discomfort that you are feeling right now means you have been in the same spot for too long. 
It is time to move on. It is time for God to shift you and put you into a different position. If you become more and more frustrated at work, it is means you have been in the same spot for too long. If you are starting to backbite in the church, it means you have been in the, stu- in the same spot for too long. It is time to move on. It is time to grow. It is time to move the nest. The way you are has become too small for what you are called for. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You know, if even when, when, when you look at the disciples, when, when Jesus left them and sent the Holy Spirit, he said, do not depart Jerusalem until the helper has come. But when the helper had come, they were supposed to fulfill the commandment to go out and preach. But they stayed in Jerusalem. They stayed in the same place. Do you know what God did? God raised up so to persecute the church so that they leave. So when they started living through, through the persecution, they spread the gospel because they were sitting in the same spot. God brought that persecution. It was God who caused the persecution so that they can live. It is God who is causing the frustration that you are going through right now because you have been in the same spot for too long. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Praise the Lord. God will cause you to shift. God will cause because of where he wants you to go, where God wants us as a church to go. If we just sit in the same place and do the very same thing, we sing the same song, we enjoy ourselves, it will start to cause us frustration. We need to move on because God's glory says, he he promised that he will not let us go without him. He will take us there. God has already been there. God has already seen what 2024 would look like for for Awakened City. God has already know how 2024 will look like for you even as a family, as in your marriage, in your children. God already know what it's going to look like. All you need to do is step into it and God by your glory, by your power, by your presence, lead me into this thing. I will not go if you're not coming with me. Praise God. One thing I have learned even in business is I don't make a decision without hearing God first because the moment you start doing things on your own, you have no one else to blame for it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because, because it, I, I've been asked by so many people that, you know, people that don't believe in God, they say, if there's so much evil in the world, where is God in that? God was never invited. God was never invited in the face. You cannot blame him because you never invited him. You know, uh, sometimes you, you, you have to be a bit harsh with people because they'll ask you all these silly questions. I'll give an example and say, if you buy a Mazda or if you buy a, you buy a Ford, for instance, and it's got a three-year warranty, if something happens to the Ford, you can't take it to Holden because Holden did not make a Ford. You take it to Ford. Why would you want to accuse God for something was never involved in the first place? We never invited him in the first place. So you cannot blame him if he wasn't invited. God allows you free will. This is the greatest thing that we had ever been blessed with. We've got free will. Even the devil does not have power over your free will. You decide to sin. You decide to sin. You, it comes off as an idea. And any idea that is attained long enough becomes a sin. I will repeat that again. Any idea that is entertained for long enough will turn into a sin. You don't just simply up and go and commit adultery. 
it starts somewhere. It starts with the imaginations. It starts with these little things. It starts with pornography. It starts with small things until it ends into that destruction. There's nothing that will catch you by surprise. Not the devil has no power over your will. You give it to him. God has no power over your will. You give it to him. Are you hearing what I'm saying to church this morning? God wants to lead us as his children in his glory. He can hide us in the, in the cleft of the rock. God has something so great prepared for awakened city in 2024. We are excited. I for one am excited to see. Like last Sunday, I was, I was standing at the back and I saw everyone. We used every chair in the building to fill it up. I see we are going into those places where we are going to do it every Sunday. But then we have to learn to steward the gift first. We have to learn to love the people first. We, we cannot shoot them down before they come in. Because if we, we, we start fighting over ourselves, we start competing over stuff, what we are simply doing is showing God that we are not ready for the next step. If you can come to church and only speak to your friend and then you go home, we are not ready for new people. If you can just come here and you, 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 you go in your little group that you are used to, you are not stretched out, you are not extended in any way, you do not come up here and grab the microphone and pray, we are not ready for the new thing. We, we, we have to, to, to be ready for the new thing. I am ready for the new thing. I am ready to see new people come up and preach here. I am ready for new people that have got gifts. There are people that have got better gifts than I do. We need to hear them preach. We need to see the anointing that is sitting on them. We cannot keep closing the doors. We cannot people shut people out and have the same people sing every Sunday. There are people that have got better gifts to sing, but we can only make the room. We can create the environment for people to come and participate and say, I belong here. This is, you know, the moment we start owning, owning it to say, this is mine. Not their church, but my church. Not Pastor Chris's church, but my church. Even when I give, I'm giving to my church. When I save, I'm saving in my church. I'm doing this for my children. This is an investment I'm living for my children. My children's children will come and know that this is where my grandfather preached. My children's children will come and know that my, my grandfather raised his hands in this place. This is why they say the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac... The God of Jacob, because it was an inheritance, they passed on to their children. Praise God. The thing that the father does, the thing that the, the father respects, is what the children will respect. Oh, if, if you are not respecting God at the moment, your children are going to respect cocaine instead. This is a prophecy. If if church is negotiable in your household, this is harsh. If church is negotiable in your household, cocaine is going to be negotiable in your household. You, you need to, if you are raising children, if you are parents here and you are raising children, or parents that intend to have children, you have... Even if they will depart for some season, they will come back. But you need from the young age that God is not negotiable in my house. We cannot negotiate God here. God is a goal in my house. I'm not negotiating with my children. They cannot do whatever they want. No, I know we live in Australia where people have free will, but not in my house. 
we, we don't have free reign. We don't, we, my kids are not free reign chicken. We, they, they, they have to follow instructions. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The Bible says, blessed is a man. It says the, the fruit of the womb is a, is a gift from the Lord. And blessed is a man who's got a quiver full of them. Now a quiver is a bag that you put arrows now, if you take an arrow and you put it on a bow, it doesn't go wherever it wants to go. You shoot it at a target. You aim it at something. You shoot it at something. Your children, you need to shoot them at a target. Do not let them do whatever they want. You need to shoot them at a target. The reason why people have confusion in careers, the reason why we are struggling as employers is because there were some parents that did not do their job and shoot their children at a target. Now they become a problem in businesses. They become a problem in marriages. Instead of raising your sons well, you are raising another little girl's nightmare. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Instead of raising your sons, you are, you are raising a demon for a little girl today. You need to aim your children at something. You need to aim, aim them at something. Oh, the, the, this is the crescendo. Of the, aim your children at something. Even in youth, when they come to youth ministry, we are aiming them at something. We are firing them. We are shooting them at something. We are shooting them at a target. We, we, want, we, we know what we want to see when we go gray and old. We don't want to mourn what the church used to be like. Because if we don't shoot them at something right now, what we are simply going to do is we are going to sit at the back there and they send us to some nursing home and we cannot do anything. They do whatever they want with something that we were supposed to show it in the first place. Come on. Praise God. Shoot your children at something. Shoot your children at something. If you are mentoring someone, even spiritually, shoot them at something. If you are leading a connect group right now, start shooting your members at something. Start pointing them at something because you know what you are building. You know that when you are not there, things will still happen in your absence. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You need to raise your children to a point that if... if peradventure you die they will mourn you they will grieve for you for a little bit but they will still live on are you hearing what I'm saying because you prepared them you prepared them you prepared them let me just speak before I close I want to speak out of wisdom if you are a parent get yourself a life policy Good amount of money, not $200,000. Go for millions. This is the only way you can live a generational wealth for your children. Your passing, they will mourn your passing, but then you have just ushered them into financial freedom. Right there in that spot. You utilize the system. Utilize the system. Go and get yourself a good life policy for your children. So that the moment you pass, you, you, you have simply just solved one huge problem for your children by your passing. Maybe we should do this on a financial night where we, we, we learn these things. But it's very important to shoot your children at something. Teach them finances. Teach them to love. Teach them compassion.
Teach them for long suffering. Teach them forbearance. Teach them to be patient. You know, they, they, because the problem these days is we live in a microwave generation where the kids want it now. I want it now. I want, I want a toy like Pastor Chris wanted all the toys right now. But you need to train them that you can only have this for Christmas. Teach them the, 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 the tradition we've done in our household for the years is we go and get a money box. You know, we, 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 you know those, those jars. We put money in. We, we say we are saving for Christmas. So over the year, anyone who's got coins, they put it in there or we put $50. Or, at the end of the year, we sit down and we count the money. The, the first time, we, it, we didn't take it so serious until we realized that we actually teach the kids to save by doing that. Because 50 cents, they'll go and buy a lolly. It doesn't mean anything. But if they save it and at the end of the year they open the box and they've got $1,000, what do you want to buy with $1,000? Oh, we want a PlayStation. Go and buy a PlayStation with that. And they will treat the PlayStation carefully because they helped in saving for it. It means something they sacrificed for it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? These are little things that you can do in, 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 in training up your children. But above all, teach them God's glory. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I, 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 I want to, when the day the Lord calls me home, I want my children to mourn me, but I want them to celebrate me, to, to know what I have taught them. I've taught them to love one another. They fight, they quarrel, but they, 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 they know that there's no one who is more important than your sister or your brother. Even here as a fold, even here in the church, there's no one more important than the person sitting next to you. The person you serve with in here. You can have friends in other churches, but your call is here. If this is your home, this is where your call is. Invest in this thing. Praise God. Invest in this thing. If I could have the, the worship team, team come up. In, invest in this thing. Invest in this thing. You will not go. This is the investment that will not rot. It will not see corruption. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your glory, Lord. Thank you for your glory. Even as we focus in this season to see God's glory, I just want to encourage you that where you pray, where you pray, pray like Moses did. Lord, show me your glory. This is not enough. Come, talking to you once a week is not enough. If you have a wife that you only speak to once a week, your relationship, your marriage is not a good one. If you have got children that you speak to once a month, your relationship is not so good with them. If you have a God that you speak to once a week, your relationship is not the greatest. But let him be the first thing that comes to mind when you wake up. Think about God when you wake up. Before you worry about other things, before you check your Instagram feeds, have you spoken to God? Have you said, good morning, Lord? It, you know, I want to break this, uh, I don't know, a myth or what, where we have been taught that you have to wake up at 4 a.m. and have a devotion. This is the, the, the easiest way to kill your relationship with God because it becomes a burden. God is not asking to burden you. Have a relationship where you speak to God all day through the day. 
all day through the day i wake up in the morning god thank you that i am awake thank you that i'm not coughing this morning thank you lord god that i still have i'm still up on my feet it's a win already because i'm i'm breathing Thank you Lord for what you have done for me. Start your day like that and all day through when you feel like cursing out someone just say thank you Lord for this thank you Lord for this person. They curse at you and say thank you Lord for this person and you, you you just build it up like that. All day long you're speaking with God all day long and you are encompassed by his presence. He says I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Now you, you need to understand the Bible is like repeating itself when he says I'll never leave you nor forsake you but there these are two different things. Someone can be with you but be departed a long time ago. We we have people that are in marriages but that have left a long time ago. You do not want that relationship with God where he is there physically but he's not there at all. But you are full time with him. He will not leave us. No deposit, no 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 abandon us. Praise the Lord. Thanks for listening to this message. We hope it has blessed you. If you would like to find out more about Awaken City Church, visit awakencity.com.au.